Sirius XM Sports Podcasts presents Mad Dog's Daily Bite with Christopher Russo. And good afternoon, everybody! Let's start with, uh, and I kept on thinking about Lockery based on the performance last night by Jokic in the game against the Lakers in game one of the Western Conference Final in Denver. And boy, he was absolutely superb. And yes, I know the Lakers got back in the game. They had a good last four minutes. And they had one look at a three to tie the game. LeBron missed it. Uh, And, you know, the uh, Nuggets had leads throughout the whole game. They were comfortably ahead, 12 at the quarter. Around the same at the half. Big three by Jokic at the end of the third quarter. And, of course, with about... Four minutes to go. They were still up double digits, and they had a lot of trouble. Got a little stagnant offensively, a little defensive switch by the Lakers. You know, Hitchachura there was on um, uh, was on Jokic, and they roamed Anthony Davis. That probably was a factor, and uh, the Lakers made some big baskets, two big threes by Austin Reeves. And to make a long story short, Denver did not close the game impressively, and that would, uh, you know, bring a little word of caution and a feeling of uh, caution into game two there on uh, Thursday night. But I think the basic point of this first game, well, there's two basic points. The first basic point is the Lakers were outplayed for 43 and a half minutes, and it upset what they have done so far in the postseason, which is win game one on the road, and then from there win the three home games. They did that against Memphis. They did that against Golden State. Win the first game and then get the three home games and put themselves in good shape. And now they have not done that. So let's see if they can get through a series a different route than what they have done in the first round and then the second round. Remember, LeBron in his career is 20-0 and when he wins the first game of a playoff series. So now they have to do it a little bit differently here uh, in this conference final. I think that's the first thing. Uh, second thing is uh, Jokic and Lockery brought it up yesterday. The guy's incredible. I mean, I don't know if the world knows or if the basketball uh, fan, you know, listen, do we watch Jokic play on a day-in, day-out basis? He's playing for the Denver Nuggets. I don't want to say they're an obscure team, but they're not, you know, one of those household name kind of teams. He's never played in a final. The one conference finally played in was during the bubble. Last year, last couple of years, he didn't really have a healthy Murray, which made for quick exits. Two years ago, he got swept by Denver, by Phoenix in the first round. So he really hasn't had that uh, last year, first round Golden State. He really hasn't had that successful run where the whole world sees how good he is. And maybe this is going to be the year. It began, of course, really uh, throughout this whole playoffs. He's been great, 53 points in a losing cause there against Phoenix in one of the early games of that series. But boy, he's just, he's a machine. I mean, and anybody who thinks that he's not better than Embiid needs their head examined. He is a far Far better player than Embiid. He's a point guard. And this is what Lockery said. I mean, and I'm not knocking Embiid. Let him win the MVP. You know, I don't think Jokic cared as much about the MVP as Embiid did at the second half of the year. But Jokic is, he's the best player in the NBA. And that's just all there is to it. I mean, LeBron's a touch, you know, he's a little older. He's not quite as good. Durant's got some issues that you got to wonder about right now. Everywhere he turns up, he's either injured or he's a, or he's a dark curse on a franchise. Uh, you know, Curry is Curry, but, I mean, he's the best player in the NBA, this guy. I mean, this guy is an incredible player. He's a point guard. He shoots threes. He's a great passer. I mean, he's got everything. And I, and I was thinking about it last night, as Lockley said to us yesterday, that he might be the most gifted, offensively skilled big man that we've ever seen in the NBA because there isn't anything on the floor that he can't do offensively. 
Uh, he can again shoot a three. He's got he's a, he's an excellent shooter, you know. And he can't jump to a curb and he can't run, and yet he's very uncanny of putting himself in the right spots. I mean, I, I I doubt he's you know Bobby Jones defensively, but he rebounds well enough. He owned the glass first quarter last night, getting Denver off to a good start. So, I mean, he's just a you know he's a hell of a player, and uh, his performance yesterday. Really set the tone. I mean, and the Lakers have their I mean, at 34 points, 21 rebounds, and double-digit assists. I mean, I mean that's as good a game as you're going to have in a first-round playoff series. And now I think the nation is going to get a chance to see the basketball nation. I mean, I, he's not going to be a transcendent athlete a la Mahomes. I'm, I'm talking about the basketball uh, part of the uh, equation. You know, the, the, the good basketball fan, you know, which, you know, in the finals will number about 12 to 13 million. I mean, that fan will learn how good this guy is if, in fact, and really throughout this series because these games are going to be at 8.30 every night. That's against the Lakers who are a big team and LeBron. So we're going to see how good he is. And the guy's incredible. I mean, he's an incredible player. And, I mean, even comparing him to Embiid isn't And I'm not knocking Embiid, but it's just it, it's true. If I asked you right now who would you rather start a team with, Embiid or Jokic, if you said Embiid, you need your head examined. I mean, Embiid is not the player this guy is. I mean, Embiid is very, very good. Block shots. He does all those things. And he's a, he's a free throw machine. I understand that. But, I mean, this guy sets up your whole team. I mean, he's a point guard who leads. A, he's a seven-foot center who scores 40 points a game who leads to fast break. I mean, that's just, uh, you know, that's uncanny. So his his level here, I think, will be interesting to keep an eye on. And I think a lot of people will say, wow, I didn't realize he was this good. I mean, I think everybody knows that he's good. He won two MVPs in a row. So I don't think there's any scenario where you don't know that he's good. But I think after these two series, and let's get through the first one first. That, of course, this one, the L.A., uh, I think you're going to realize all of us are going to say, my God, this guy is one of the great centers. Uh, that, you know, he doesn't have the hardware yet. He's never played in a conference and never played in the final yet, played in the conference final. They know him, but they don't know him. And I think this is an opportunity in this postseason to get to know him here a little bit. And so as a result of that, uh, this will be uh, fascinating to keep an eye on. And the Lakers, I think, are in some big trouble. I really do. Uh, I think that uh, that altitude could wear them out a little bit. Now they have to win a game in Denver, probably game two. Uh, You know, see, if you lose tomorrow, even if you get even, it's hard to beat a one seed three games in a row. I mean, Denver, you know, won 53, 54 games. They've had a hell of a year. They've been around a long time. It's hard to beat. Phoenix couldn't do it. It's hard to beat that team three straight games. I mean, and so even if you win, if you lose tomorrow night, if you win the two home games, which L.A. certainly could do, to go back to L.A., go back to Denver and to beat the Nuggets in a game five when they've lost two straight, that is going to be very, very difficult. And, you know, again, Durant and Booker couldn't do it, so there's no guarantee the Lakers can either. And I just think the age of the Lakers in that attitude, a team that's 41-7 and at home, I think that could come back to hurt them a little bit. So I'm expecting Denver, you know, I thought it would be a long series anyway. I'm expecting Denver to win in, um, in a seven-game series. I really am. I love the idea for some reason that the Spurs got the kid there from uh, France, the seven foot five. Uh, you know, uh, he is not the greatest prospect in history of prospects, but they got the kid from France. I loved it because of Popovich. Uh, I like the idea that Popovich 
who is a treasure in the NBA, uh, gets a chance to at least go out with a little more of a bang. You know, the team's been terrible the last few years, and they get lucky and get the top pick. And if this guy's as good as advertised, then who knows? But if he is, and Popovich gets to coach him, he got five years with the kid. Popovich has no uh, designs of retiring. Uh, PJ told us that. He loves it. You know, when PJ came on a couple of months ago, he said Pop loves it. And I think the fact that uh, this kid went to San Antonio, I mean, would you rather have him in San Antonio with Pop or would you rather have him in Charlotte? I mean, really? I mean, I'd rather have him in San Antonio. So from that standpoint, I love the fact uh, that he's there and I love the fact that maybe it gives uh, Pop a late second wind. Now, the, the one thing I will say as far as this situation is concerned, uh, the idea that he is the greatest prospect in the history of college basketball or the history of basketball, all sports, is absolutely absurd. I mean, did the folks who say that, did they see Lou Alcindor play at UCLA when he won uh, the MVP award in three straight NCAAs, lost two games in his career and was just an unstoppable presence? They changed the rules for him, and then he ended up getting uh, picked in a coin toss by the Bucks over Phoenix and turned out to be maybe the greatest player in the history of the league. Uh, I mean, so um, when you – and how about LeBron, a cover of Sports Illustrated out of uh, high school? I mean, to call him the greatest prospect ever when you're talking about a guy who's playing against high school kids in France is a little rough. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, he's going up against nobody of note. I don't know anybody who plays in the French leagues. Do you? And I'm not saying that those leagues, listen, Donkic came from there. You know, Nowitzki came from there. I'm not saying that he's not going to be a hell of an NBA player, but I can't evaluate it based on him running up and down the floor in front of 3,000 people in, some, in Lyon, France, against a bunch of has-beens. That I can't do. Uh, so from that standpoint, let's put a break on it a little bit, if we could, please. That is item two. And then I'm at item three before we get to the calls. Uh, I saw the Silver interview last night. If And I'm going to stick to this. If Adam Silver does not suspend John Morant for 40 games, he needs to set examined. We all know that he is a very soft commissioner when it comes to punishment. He wants to be the player's best friend. And he's, you know, look at the load management, a problem he's never corrected. Uh, his apologies to China, which is a problem, too. He has, you know, the guy never picked up the phone and apologized to, and say, Grant, thanks for the great career. We talked about that a thousand times. I mean, the idea that Morant walked into his office, said, I'm sorry, uh, Commissioner, I'll bounce back. I'll do better next time. And then he suspends him eight lousy games at the end of the regular season, which nobody cares about anyway. He goes to a rehab center or a counseling center for about an hour in Florida and then comes back and does the same thing again. And then um, uh, Silva says yesterday on TV and he was fumbling his words. He wasn't as sharp as he usually is. You know, a lot of you knows. And when you do that, he didn't, he didn't know how to handle it. Well, I'm shocked, uh, for instance. Well, I'm mean shocked. How could he be shocked? He didn't discipline him the first time. And I, I, I don't, I don't want to hear about Greg Abbott. I don't want to hear about anything else uh, with governors or representatives. Bottom line is the NBA that likes to consider themselves, you know, part of the political culture, always politically correct, on the right side of social norms. Uh, if the NBA doesn't send this guy away for 40 days, they got uh, 40 games. I don't care about the Players Association. Let the Players Association fight it in court if they're not allowed to based on the CBA. Let them be the bad guys and wear the black hat. Let them fight that in court, defending a guy who's waving a gun around for the second time in two months. All right, 24, a guy who is a big role model for a lot of players in the NBA and who got basically a, a slap on the wrist in March. Slap on the wrist. 
a gun, a night, a gun in a nightclub, in a strip club, a slap on the wrist, and a silver does. Hold on now. Well, I, I gave you a break the first time, and then you embarrass me again, and you go out there and you carry a gun that's all over the place. You're so stupid that the whole world sees it, and you put me in a tough spot. I see you in January. That's what I would do. Now I'm not trying to say I throw them, you know. Uh, throw them out with the garbage. I mean, I get him proper help, let him understand that this cannot be condoned, but he's not playing a sanctioned NBA game if it was me. And if the and if the Players Association wants to fight me, let him fight. We'll go to court. We'll arbitrate it. I know there's rules, how many games the guys can be suspended, blah, blah, blah. Let him fight it. Don't worry so much about your relationship with the Players Association. Something's got to be done. You can't have your one of the top five, six guys in the league parade around cars, buddies, strip clubs, and everything else with guns twice in two months, and you do nothing about it. That's, that, that's a bad... You think Dave Stern would do that? How about Dave Stern? You think... You, I know it's a different era, but you think Dave Stern's going to let Moran do that? Dave Stern would freaking fine you and suspend you if you freaking didn't wear a jacket and tie on the bench, for crying out loud. I know it's a different time, but you think Stern would allow that? Have some guts, Kamish. Don't worry about being buddies with all the players and say, listen, this is not acceptable. We are supposed to be above this. We like to consider ourselves, you know, politically correct and socially on the right side. We are not going to allow a player who represents our league and quote unquote our shield with this nonsense. We are not. This is not going to happen, especially when it's a second time. This is not going to happen. I mean, freak, Watson didn't play for two years. Two years. Let's see if, uh, and uh, that was not a uh, A-plus performance by uh, Silver last night on television. He was fumbling around. How did he not know he was not going to get asked that question? He was fumbling around. And words, by the way, for Morant, they don't count. I don't care about his words. Well, uh, you know, uh, words don't mean anything. I got to do better, but I don't care. You said that two months ago. What happened? What'd you learn? You bailed out of that freaking counseling center in Florida in about 90 hours. I mean, my God almighty. And you do the same thing again when you're making 50 million a year? Have a bodyguard where, uh, have a bodyguard pack the gun. And I understand in this culture, uh, you know, everybody wants to have a loaded gun. I understand. I mean, I don't, never, but, uh, you know, but still, you, you, you have to be, I mean, to basically parade it so the whole world sees it, that's a disgrace. That's a disgrace. And if you're Morant, you have the money, hire a security contingent and let them protect you with guns. You don't need one. It's not like he doesn't have the money. He can freaking hire Lee Majors, Superman, and Adam West and let them basically protect him. Every single time he walks outside, he's got to go. Not for life, obviously. Not for a year. He's got to go. I don't want to look at him for, for if it was me as a Memphis Grizzly fan, if I was in Memphis... I'll, I'll deal with the loss. I'll deal with the losses. And they're all going to lose. I don't want to see him into January. That's what I want to see. He had his chance. He did a terrible job. He got a slap in the wrist. And he did the same thing again. 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 
Want more Chris Russo? Listen to Mad Dog Unleashed weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Mad Dog's Daily Bite is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.